Welcome into episode 18 of the Godly Young Men podcast. Today we are discussing how to lead a family, and I realize that you know we're talking to people that may be 15, 16, 17 years old, and you go, man, a family's so far off. Right. Uh, we this, may have a few that, that are already married and have families, very true. which is great. Very true. And I hope so, yeah. I yeah. appreciate you listening. If, if that is the case, if you are um, leading a family currently, and good for you. I think that's fantastic. But we may have some that say, I'm not there yet. Please listen. We got some things at the end that I think are going to tie this in as to why this is important, but there's never really a too early a time to start, in my opinion. We have to start thinking about these things because if we think that we're going to wake up one day and be ready, right. just out of the blue, probably not. Especially for young men. Um, it's such a big deal that young men know how to lead a family and why it's why there is such a heavy, I don't like the word burden, yeah. but in a lot of ways it is a burden. I'm going to call it a responsibility right. that rests on your shoulders as a young man for your family, you know, it's one of the, it's it's not one of those things where it's like it's all a team effort and everybody has an equal share. That's not the case. That's, That's not, not the way God That's laid it true. out. You as the man, you as the husband, as the father, sure. you have so much sway, so much control, so much rests on your shoulders about right. the direction of your family, and so that's why we wanted to have this episode about how do you lead your family, and then maybe secondarily. We're going to have some other episodes after this about how do you prepare to lead your family? What does being a good dad look like? Yeah. Maybe for somebody who is not there yet. What does being a good husband look like for somebody who's not there yet? So um, I didn't want to overstep any bounds no, there, you're but good. You're I good. think that is what we're going to direct the next few episodes to right. with this one being a little bit more overarching. There's a great quote. I don't know who said it, but I've heard it before. And um, the idea is authority flows to those who take responsibility. And that's really what this is going to be about. This episode arc is, are you taking responsibility yeah. for your family? God has asked you to take responsibility for your kids and most certainly for your wife and for yourself. And are you taking responsibility? And as we consider how to lead a family, that's what it comes down to is, are we willing to take responsibility? Because we will have, in my opinion, very little authority if we just want to pass it off. Well, that's my wife's problem. That's my kid's yeah. problem. That's whatever else is. The buck ultimately stops with you. That's what God designed it as. And that's a really good thing. Responsibility is fantastic. And it's something that God designed for a reason. I was going to say, it's it's such human nature to want to push aside the responsibility and push the blame or yep. push the whatever off to somebody else, right? Right. We're not into, well, I don't want to speak for you. Youth ministry can be great in some instances and really bad in a lot of cases. True. A lot of people like to push off the parental responsibility on the youth minister or yeah. on the elders or on the preacher or on the public school teacher or on the fill in the blank. You are responsible. It, you know, you cannot be the person that, like you said, shirks their duty to their wife and says, you handle this. I'm right. going to go work at my job. You handle the raising of the kids. Can't be that. You know, it, there's a lot on your shoulders and you have to be ready and willing to take up that gauntlet. Because what do you do when you get to heaven and, you know, you're standing in front of God and he says, man, your, your household was a wreck. Yeah. Your kids walked away. Um, you just never, you know, you didn't set them up well for life. You didn't instill a deep love for me in your children. You go, my wife's the one that was home all day. Right. Like, talk to her. Talk to her. I was working a job. What do you want from me? Like, God's going to look Good at you and go, yeah, I gave it yeah. to you. And if your wife isn't leading them at home, guess who that falls to? You. Talk to your wife. Call her out. A lot of people are too afraid to, of the confrontation, right. afraid of getting put in the doghouse, whatever. That's not really what this is about fully. We're going to get into that more in the marriage yeah. episode as to why that's a horrible thing. What we really wanted to cover in this episode was the different domains of life that you must take responsibility in, that you must lead your family in. And the way I look at it... I was going to say, um, go for it. before you do that, I want to talk about what culture views 
a father and a husband's role as mm. like how oh, does that's... culture like when when the average person thinks about leading a family what do they think of they don't think about all the things you're about to go through right. which is what we want to talk about mainly what do they think about man make sure you got a roof over their head make sure you got a good job that you're providing for them so that food they on can, the table food on the table so that they can play their sports and go to their extracurricular activities and you know that that's really the main thing yeah then you have the next level, which is you do all those things, and then you support your kids at their events, right? right. You're the really good dad who goes to the soccer games and goes to the school plays, and man, you show you're, up, you're yep. there for your kids. You support them really well. And then you got the third tier, the the really really good dads who do all of those things, and then you know they're really involved in their kids' life as far as school and church and things like that. Yeah, you get know, them to church, yeah, right. Get them to church, man. You're a great dad if you can make sure your kids are are somewhat well adjusted and and that they show up to church. Maybe that's right. That's pretty much it, right? It's very, you know, we've talked before about how culture paints dads, you know, the light they paint them in as far as the shows and how they're always kind of the bumbling idiots and the goofballs, and yep. that's obviously not a good thing at all. But even with this idea of how to lead a family culture paints it in a very oh, yeah. different light than all the things you're about to go and through. And we're calling you to so much more. Yes. We are calling you to that. That's, Strive for greatness. That's right. Strive for greatness. And it's not enough to just get your kids to church every once in a while. It's not enough to just show up to their sporting events. We have to lead them in multiple ways. And this gets into the domains of life that I think really uh, this this encompasses pretty much everything. Physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. You can think of it as pies, P-I-E-S. Um, physical, Intellectual, emotional, spiritual is how we ought to be leading. These are the areas we must take responsibility yeah. in for our families. And so we want to jump right into the physical. And and when you're considering, what do you mean, Joe? What are you talking about with How do taking, you lead your family Yeah, physically? how do you lead your family physically? I understand the spiritual. Yeah, let's just skip to that part. When we're talking leading your family physically, this may be a... This may be, you know, hard to say. People may bristle at this. Hard to hear, maybe. Hard to hear. People may, you know, bristle at this. You have a duty and a responsibility to help your family be healthy, in my opinion. Yeah. You see the families where the dad is 350, 400 pounds, his kids, you know, there's they he has not set the tone in the home that we're going to be healthy people. I think that's a, an imperative. I think as a dad, you say, man, how can you say that? That seems like extra, you know. That's optional. Yeah, that's know. optional. Where do you find that in scripture? We're to help raise our kids unto the Lord and... I would say gluttony and, and you know, self-control and the things that go along with that. I think we have a duty to help them physically be the best that they can be and to not hinder them, to not hold them back because, you know what, their prospects in life change for marital partners, their prospects in job, their prospects in health going forward. Quality I don't want of life, my quality yeah. of life. I don't want my kid dying of a heart attack at 60 because I let him think that that's okay. Well, with all of these, and we've hit this point before, if you if you kind of have dominion and you lead your family in one of these areas really really poorly, what does that probably say about the others? Very rarely is is somebody you know just doing a terrible job of leading their family on the intellectual or the physical level. Right. But man, they're doing a, a robust job of this on the spiritual level. Right. Maybe one in a million. Right. Odds are you need to have all of these things lined up. You need to have all of these right. things nailed down of. I'm leading my family in each one of these areas because if one starts to slip and you start to struggle on the physical side, is it less important than the spiritual? Of course. Sure. We, we, we will grant you that. There is no denying that it matters way more that your kids are faithful Christians than their fitness or their the way the food they eat, of right. course. However, start there as far as make sure that you, I shouldn't say start there, start with the spiritual. But what I mean is you go to the physical next. Make yeah. that something that you prioritize 
healthy. Uh, the other thing I would say is good entertainment choices. You could say no that doubt. doesn't really fall into the, the spiritual category. It very much falls into the physical category. Are you leading your family to not be addicted to their phones? Right. Are you leading your family to not be addicted to all kinds of you know immoral entertainment choices? To TikTok, to Instagram. To just to, be people yeah. who watch TV all day or play video right. games all day. Are you leading, again, people might think, ah, that's kind of secondary. It matters. Are you leading your family in the proper direction when it comes to entertainment, health, all these things? Because here's what you have to think about. And my wife and I have this conversation a lot with our kids. I've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a, almost a one-year-old. Um, you're raising them to be adults. Yeah. I, you, we can't look at it as, I'm raising a little four-year-old. I am, but ultimately I'm raising him to be an adult that is going to take care of himself and take care of a family one day, and he's going to answer to God one day. And the way that I raise him does matter in terms of his adulthood. Yeah. It's not that, you know, I raise him up to 18 and then poof, he gets to be his own man. Everything that I've done up to that point has has set him on a course, good, bad, or otherwise. When we're thinking about the physical health, and I would encourage you to think about this. You have kids. What do I want my kid to be at 30? Do I want him to be a an overweight slob who doesn't pick up things, who's oh, addicted Joe, to that, his that phone? that doesn't matter. All that matters is the spiritual As long side. as he's going to church. As long as, No. It's not true. I yeah. don't want him to be a loser. I don't. I'm right. just going to say it. I don't want my kid to be a loser. And that starts by me thinking at four. No, not that Harrison's a loser at four. Not at all. It, it starts with me getting him in position and me taking care of the things now so he's ready at 30 years old to lead a family to do the same exact thing and to continue good cycles because these cycles will go generationally. If I accept overweight, you know, slob, like I don't take care of myself, I don't take care of my health, I'm addicted to all of these things, what do I think he's going to do? And his next generation and next generation. Somebody's going to have to you, break the curse that I started. You set the tone as the father. The right. other area of this, and then we'll move on, is the... The, the idea of hard work that we've already had right. a couple episodes on. Man, you lead your family in that area. You show your family. You lead your family. We're going to be a family of hard workers. Right. We're not going to be a family of lazy couch potatoes who, again, just watch TV all day. Right. We're going to be hard workers. We're going to be people that other people look at, not for you to boast or be pride, you know, overly prideful about, but the other people look at and say, that's a hardworking yeah, kid. Yeah, they get it done. They get it done. That person works hard. They got a really good work ethic. So much of these things, I'm glad you brought up the 30-year thing. Like, what do you want your kid to be in 30 years? So much of these things, and I'll let you get into the intellectual side, sure. requires vision. Yeah, Vision no for doubt. the future. Vision for where you want your family That's to leadership. be. That's leadership. That's leadership. It's not just day by day. Well, let's just see what the day holds, right? right. Let's just get through today. That is not going to be an effective leader right. if you're if all you're focused on is let me just get through this day, get through this week. Right. No, it needs to be where do I want my family to be? Like you said, in 30 years, what do I want my kids to look like in 30 right. years? That is so important. That is so crucial for the father's role. And it starts today. It starts with the decisions we make today. But yes, we have to have it planned out. And no, it doesn't mean that you know we're not, we're not talking James four every you know we're, our life is a vapor. We're talking about the man who doesn't count the cost as he goes out to war. Like right. th- you I guess I'll have a family, you know. Right, exactly. You got to think two steps ahead about this because you will answer to God on judgment Which day. Which is why an episode like this, if you're only 15, matters. Yeah, Even that's though you exactly might not it. get married for six more years, this is super important right now that's because right. it's about that vision. So number two, that's physical. Number two is intellectual. How do we lead our family intellectually? And I'm actually going to turn it over to you for this um, as, as we consider, again, the domains of life. What do I mean by leading intellectually? Well, and again, we're going to end with spiritual because that is the most important. Right. We do not deny that. That, right. that. that is something that God is going to care most about. Were you faithful to God? Did your family reflect Christ? Were you pursuing Christ? Right. We're saving that for the end. That's the last thing we're going to hit on. For this intellectual point... Man, make sure your kids are successful in school. Make sure your kids work hard in school. Make sure their academics are not something they view as, eh, 
C's get degrees, you know, know, I'll just, (laughs) I'll settle for the passing grade. You know, high school is all about having fun, you know, whatever the current mindset is, make sure your kids are pursuing greatness. Make sure your family is somebody who is intellectually, you know, they're, they're chasing intellectual or intellect as far as I want to learn things. I want to be curious. I want to read books. Um, reading books is, is going very, and it's going by the wayside. People don't read much anymore. Adults make fun of reading these days, right. and that's the most pitiful thing to me. But you lead your family in intellectual fashion where you, you're you well-read. You, yeah. you kind of know your way right. around stuff. Not to boast, as we've said before, not to be arrogant, but this is one is important as well. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, to boast, I'll boast for you. You are incredibly well-read, and we're as a kid, and my wife is the same way. You guys read a lot of the classics. Sure. You were reading all the time growing up. I mean... By the time Will was nine, he had read more books than I think I've currently read in my life. <laughs> Some of those were Magic Treehouse and you know the Hardy Boys. That's but yeah, all right. Saying, That's yeah. all right. It was a lot of reading. And from the intellectual point of view, I want my kid to be articulate. I want him to communicate well. We talked about that last episode. Go check that one out if you haven't seen it. I want him to be articulate, and I want him to be well-rounded as an individual. And that's the intellectual. My mom had this idea, like we're going. I think I may have mentioned before, but she said we're going to go to a symphony, an opera, um, a play. And like a, you know, um, yeah, Broadway show or whatever. And what was like A ballet. And Oof. Yeah, dude, oh, man. Dude. That's unfortunate. It was rough. And my brother and I were making a lot of jokes that we probably shouldn't have been making um, <laughs> regarding the tights and the costumes they were wearing while we were doing it. And we were getting some dirty looks from my sisters. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> they loved it, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. That's me being well-rounded there. But hey, my mom really wanted us to be cultured. She yeah. wanted us to intellectually know what kind of what we're talking about. She wanted us to know how to use the, you know, when you go and you're sitting, she, she always said, I want you to be able to be entertained by the president, you know, to go to the, to the white house and know what you're doing, what forks you use, things like that. That may sound trivial. It may sound dumb, but when we're talking about the intellectual, you have a duty to lead your family where they can accomplish amazing things because they're well-read. And those dads that are kind of like, well, I'm just proud of my kids because you know, they did their best. They did their best. Right. It's one thing if you know, Maybe your kid really did his best. He just doesn't understand something. You know, okay, that's that. But how many of those dads are, are saying that because they don't really want to have to push the kid to say, I know you can, you be, can better. be better. I yeah. know you can be better. We're going to sit down and figure out how. And you see this with like homeschool families. Drives me nuts that the dad allows the mom to kind of take the reins and the mom's like, hey, we'll do it when we get up, you know, 10 o'clock. We'll just do it in our PJs. And the kid comes out. The kid has no ability to go and function in life. He wants to go to college and can barely write a paper because he's never had to. That's not acceptable. Right. And you as the dad, right. that falls to you. Well, my wife's the one that did it. Doesn't I don't care. Neither does God, nor does anybody else. Yeah. You're stunting your kid intellectually because you fail to lead them academically. That matters. When we're talking about leading a family, I want my kid in 30 years to be able to be a titan of industry. Like he's he's able to lead men on on mass level because he's articulate he's well read he understands who he is that starts today now again i 100 percent agree with all that that's the way that i plan to raise my kids um i think it goes without saying and i love that phrase because people say that and then they say it so it's like, <laughs> why did you say it goes without saying but i will i will use that phrase it goes without saying this can be taken a little bit too far in a lot of cases sure. i think i i've seen personally parents who they really really want their kids to be super well-rounded which is not a bad thing but what is that at the expense of? 
their relationship with God, their no faith. Doubt. No they're doubt. well, they're more well rounded with the musical instruments they play and yep. the, the experiences they have and the books they've read than they are in God's word. Right. That's not great. That's not something that's going to get you very far when it comes to spiritually, which is again, what we're going to end with. So be careful with this is really important. But I'd say be careful. Let me also say this, because this goes with the other physical and intellectual do not vicariously live through your kids. Yeah. I push them so much academically because I really want them to go to Harvard. Why do you want them to go to Harvard? Because it reflects good on you. Exactly. Yeah. Is that for you or is that for them? We're talking about doing what's best for the kid. You call your son to be the best he can be because I want him to be the best he can be. Not the best I think he should be. Not, you know, following the path that I have structured for him that he needs to follow. Right. No. Don't live vicariously through your kids. Call them up to their own high standard because you know... This is what's best for you, yeah. not for me. So just be aware of it, and I That's like that caution as well. That's a great point. Let's get to the third one, which yep. is the emotional. We yep. talked about physical. We talked about intellectual. Now we're at the emotional side of things. You lead your family emotionally. And I would say the first part of that is that you lead your family to be able to, A, understand their emotions, B, express their emotions. Um, and I guess similar to that would be what we talked about last week, communicating your emotions, being able to articulate it. And what is that going to lead to? Your kids are probably pretty good at relationships, right? Not just boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage stuff. Right. Friendships. They're they're they are they are good at relationships. You have a good relationship with them. They have a good relationship with their siblings. That's right. All of that is you emotionally leading your family. If you're the dad that never wants to talk about anything emotional and just all you know really kind of bottles that up, and your family never expresses, never communicates anything right. about emotion. That is going to be a dysfunctional family. You can book it. That's right. You come home, you turn on the TV, you kind of zone out. Unplug. You unplug and you realize like instead of the family dinners being important, talking about the day, talking about the things that matter to you, well, you know, hey, that's that's fine. I I just need my my time to kind of unplug. I've had a long day at work. Yeah, exactly. And what that communicates is the relationship can wait. Um, The communicating with you can wait until I'm in the appropriate headspace. And what that looks like may differ. I'll just say I... Maybe you're watching this and your dad fits that bill of somebody who, man, the the recliner was his go-to spot every yep. single night. Um, I'm sorry for that. That's something yep. that is you yep. know unfortunate. And I know a lot of young people, young men have that as an example for their dad. Right. That's something that we just want to encourage you. Break that cycle. Don't right. be that, that dad that is emotionally unavailable for their kid. Don't be the dad that is, again, soon as they get home, maybe, hey, how was your day? You know, let's get some food. And then he's watching the World Series or whatever it is. Um, Man, be emotionally available for your kids because that's something that will set them up for so much success in life. Attachment matters. Attachment really, really matters. I can tell you from a therapist's perspective, a lot of guys come to see me with porn problems and with all sorts of problems. And I'll ask, hey, how was your relationship with your dad? And they say non-existent. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't ever talk to my dad. So your dad never talked about any of these things. No, no. And if anything, my dad shamed me. Like those are really the the role that you play as a father. And we're gonna have a full episode on this, so I don't wanna go too deep into it at all. But it has so much of an effect on your kids. And so I like what you said. You have the unique ability to help your kids be really good at relationships. And so again, real fast, attachment perspective wise. Your relationship with yourself is often determined, if you are a male, is often determined by your relationship with your dad. If you're really hard on yourself, chances are your dad is really hard on you. Um, Things like that matter. And so just be cognizant of that as a dad when you go to lead the family. The way I treat my son may very well be how he treats himself. Right. Going into the future. And that's really heavy. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. 
we haven't brought up very many specific Bible verses in this episode, obviously sure. talking a lot of biblical principles here. One that I would bring up is Ephesians 6, verse 4. Um, mm. Obviously, verses 1 and 2, children, obey your parents, and the Lord for this is right. We discussed that three episodes ago now. Don't disrespect your parents. Um, episode 16. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, anyway. Sounds right. Talking to kids. Verse, verse 4 specifically, what does Paul tell or what does Paul tell the Ephesians? And you fathers... Don't provoke your children to wrath. And I've, I've brought this up before. I'm sure a lot of other people have too. Why didn't Paul say, and you parents? Why didn't right. he say, and you fathers and mothers? Right. He said, and you fathers don't provoke your children to wrath. And the reason for that is because there is, to me, no debating this fact. Fathers have the most sway, control, and influence about whether their kid remains a Christian or chooses not to be a Christian. A father has the most sway on whether or not a child chooses to reject the faith and run away from the faith, but he also, the other side, has the most sway and influence on whether or not his kid is a faithful warrior for Christ. That's why Paul did not say a new parents or a new mothers, new mothers and fothers. That's a great point. Because fathers are the single most influential factor. Paul knew that. Obviously, Paul is inspired of God. God knows that. Right. That's why this is a big deal. That's right. Moms have such a, they play a pivotal role in the first Five to ten years of a kid's yeah, life. Their I mean, it's, their and, yeah. development and all of that. Their love. A lot of the relationship is developed at that point. But what we know is right around ten, especially for young men, right around ten, up to when they leave the house, that's like the dad's time to shine, man. And he has the ability. It's a make or break thing, and he can provoke his kids to wrath, or he can lead his kids amazingly and courageously and into a lot of different areas. And we have to make sure we're ready to take up that mantle. We have right. to make sure we're ready to lead them emotionally and as, and I'm going to use that as a segue to get us into the last part, spiritually. Most we have to be yeah. able to lead them in the most important way, which is spiritual. And we say, well, lead them to what? Of course, we're leading them to heaven, which is true. That, that's what I wanted you to speak to. So I talked about how culture kind of has this idea of what, or what leading a family is that is way off biblically. Sure. I want you to speak to how does the church view being a spiritual leader right. versus what we believe the Bible teaches about actually being a spiritual leader. Can you get your kids to show up to church? Can you get them to heaven? And those are really the two things. About if it, yeah. It, yeah. If your kid gets to heaven, hey, you accomplish your job. Is Now, it doesn't matter if your kid you know, barely showed up to church the entire time, but showed up just enough to kind of be spiritual and get to heaven. We're talking about strive for greatness, creating warriors, as we've talked about, yep. and we're not just leading them toward heaven, we're leading them toward holiness. And I think that's a key distinguishing difference in how we lead our families is we lead them to be the best they can be while on earth, being holy. Because if you're holy now, and if you enjoy God's presence now, and you enjoy being like Christ now, heaven is for you. If not, and if it's just a matter of check the boxes until I can get the reward at the end, you've missed the entire point of Christianity, and that's not great leadership if that's what we're calling our kids to. The perfect example of this, of what you're speaking to about and what I, I prompted you on, which is what the church views about being a spiritual leader, is the dad gets his daughter to church but doesn't care what his daughter's wearing to church. That's right. That's a problem. The that's dad right. gets his son to the youth group event or to the to the church building but doesn't care that he's on his phone the whole time and right. not, not really paying attention to the sermon. That's again the the bar has been set at get them to church, you know, as long as they're faithful under your roof, they're 18, you know, you did a good job as a dad. We disagree. Being a spiritual leader is so much more than that. Again, it's going beyond did they show up to right. church. It's hey, what is their relationship with God like? That's a lot of that comes from you and your teaching right. and your development. Hey, what, you know, how do they you know, what is their understanding of God's word? What's their Bible knowledge? What is all what are all of these things? Have you prepared them to be not just a well-adjusted adult, 
but a faithful Christian. That's right. Uh, Proverbs 22.6 is another one that, that we brought up before. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. I personally, and I've had discussions with a lot of people. My wife is one of them. A close friend of mine is one of them that kind of were of the opinion that, hey, yeah, a lot of your your adult decisions are, are pretty much on you and it's all you, which to some extent is true. You're responsible sure. for your own actions. But I personally hold parents so responsible, probably more than most, for what your kids yep. turn out to be because they're the ones that were responsible for their development for the That's first right. 18 years of their life. That's why I said this is such a burden or responsibility on you because if you choose to have kids after you get married, and hopefully you do, that is something that you're responsible to train them up in the way that they should go. And if they depart from the faith, what does that probably mean? Probably means you didn't train them up in the way they should right. go. I'm, it's the nature versus nurture argument, yes. which is huge yes. in psychology. I'm way more on the nurture, nurture end, side. which is yeah, what you're I talking. Agree. I mean, I, I think the way we raise as parents, attachment and everything else, that determines so much. And that's why this is so important. And, and as you alluded to, we hope you have kids. We're going to get into that in the you know, yes, raising children episode. Into, we don't want to yeah. go too much into it. We want to get into why that's important. So that'll be coming, um, you know, why it's important to have kids. But when you do, we have to be able to lead them to a closer walk with God. Yes. That's that's the big part of this leading. We're leading them not just to heaven, but we're leading them to greater holiness, and we're leading them to a closer walk with God. And so here's really where we come down to it. This is this is the kicker. You go, man, I don't have a family. This is good information. That's so far off. You're yeah. talking, Joe, that's probably a decade. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. But here's the thing. You can't give what you don't have. And what I mean by that is, how in the world are you going to impart a closer walk with God if you don't pick up your Bible? Yeah. If you don't pray, if how how are you going to teach your kids all about health when all you do is eat junk food and and you know you're gaining weight? How at are a you going to lead pace? your kids intellectually when you're when you don't ever pick YouTube up a book? Exactly. You never pick up a book. book. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. How are you going to lead your kids emotionally when you don't talk to anybody? Yes. And you're socially awkward and you never want to break out of it. You can't give what you don't have. That's why this matters to the 15, 16, 17 year old who's looking at this saying, "Man, that's not where I am." It starts today. It starts with you being the man that you want to be because what can you pass down to your kids? You will pass down something. And it can either be all of your bad habits and all the things that you don't want. Hey, do as I say, not as I do. Nobody wants to lead that way. And let's be honest, it doesn't work. Because kids can look at it and go, well, yeah, dad said the right things, but you know what that makes you? makes you hypocrite. Yeah. Well, you need to, hey, make sure that you're, you know, giving your best in school. Meanwhile, while you're in school, you're pulling C's and D's and you're okay with it, whatever it is. That's that's not good. So I'm not saying that's all all kids or not all guys that are watching this, but we're calling you to the high standard because we want you to be able to be the type of guy that your kid looks up to. And whether you are saying it or not, he looks at you and goes, man, that's who I want to be. Exactly right. And we're still learning this as we go. That's right. But, you know, obviously, We're young dads. Yes, very young dads. Joe has been doing it four or five years longer than me. You got married in 2016. I got married in 19. So I guess three years longer than me. We're new at this. We're, we're not experts, but these are things right. that we have seen. These are things yep. that we saw our parents do. And we just want to encourage you so much about leading a family is the most one of the most important things you will ever do as a man, as a godly right. young man. Treat that with the gravity and the importance that it deserves and that it merits. It's one of those no things where we say this a lot. Find somebody in your life, and if hopefully it's your dad, but if it's not, find somebody else at your church that you look at and you say they lead their family well, or they did yeah. lead their family really well. Their kids are faithful Christians. He's he he adores his wife and is a yeah. great husband. Man, talk to that person. Find out, you know, hey, what can you tell me? Well, what can I do now? What can I learn uh, from you? Yeah. Because it's so important. Don't let culture tell you that being a dad is working forty hours a week and sitting in your recliner at night. That's not what leading your family is. Yeah. And so this has been a, a heavier episode. This has been a, a 
important episode, I would say. So we want to end it with something that's a little more lighthearted. Um, if you are not a Star Wars fan, feel free to close out of this video now. Thanks for watching all those things. We really enjoyed, or we appreciate you, your attention. If you are, though, we are two days away from May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, you know, is, is the big thing. We're Star Wars guys. We, yeah. It's funny. We, uh, we talked what was it last episode about don't talk about things people don't care about um, everybody cares about star wars star wars is one of those things people might think oh it's nerdy if you've ever watched it it's really cool yeah you know, I, I grew up on it i think it's great you did as well oh, yeah. and so little debate here me and joe disagree strongly about which three I wanna, i'm gonna ask you which favorite is um it better not be the most overrated one um but <laughs> i'm a prequels guy i like one through three the best obviously four five and six have the originality they have the nostalgia that everybody adores. I think one through three is the best. Present your case and tell me what your favorite. Seven is. through I'll, nine doesn't I'll tell exist. Tell you why you're wrong. Yes, yeah. it shouldn't exist. Yeah, those most recent ones are brutal. Those yeah. don't. Those don't count in Star Wars canon as far as episode I'm concerned. Episode eight is one of, is the worst Star Wars by far. It's one of the worst movies by far. Yeah, but don't get me bad. don't get me started. Um, my favorite movie or favorite of the favorite of, of, of the Star the Wars movies. Okay. I'd have to say number five. No, oh, come I know, on. No. I know, I know you don't like it, and I know which one you're going to choose. That's what everybody says. I think number five. It is. It's got the Empire the most Strikes of, Back. Empire yeah. Strikes Back. You know, the emotional. It's got the emotional gravitas, the weight mm. to it. Even though the bad guy wins, there's still kind of hope toward the back end a little bit. You know, it's 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 one of those that's like, you could go in and the good guys could have won and it could have ended the whole saga, or after two movies, or. It could like really present this challenge, and yeah. it's got the greatest twist in movie history, of course. And well, that I'll grant you, yeah. you know. And so I think for that reason, <clears throat> the script is great. Every part of it's great. It moves. It's got good pace. Yeah, I think episode five. Uh, and I think episode five is so overrated. Episode five is good. It's probably top three or four. But man, the, <sighs> the people that say that's what? people have that as like a top fifteen movie ever. That's ridiculous. Oh, I think you it might what? be. Oh my goodness, the Dagobah scene is way too long. Okay, just I'll, I'll grant on. you that. I'll grant you that. It's like you can't have that much dead time. I'll grant I know you it's that. important, but man, brutal. Episode three is to me the best. I love it. Revenge. And of Natalie the Portman's acting is. The equivalent of the Dagobah scene, like yeah, what, and Mark what? Hamill and Carrie Fisher were amazing at acting. Well, Come hey, on, they hey. were they were just as bad at acting <laughs> as Natalie Portman. Don't give me that. Give me a break. Um, episode three, the way they tie it together, they've been building episodes great, one and yeah. two, and you get to see Anakin go from the chosen one, this great guy, this awesome Jedi, to he is Darth Vader. So cool. The culmination, the the the, the Mustafar fight scene. Oh, you you just can't beat best, episode three. Best lightsaber battle. I will give you that. I think number three is a really good movie. We were there at the midnight showing. I'm so jealous. People, oh, experience I didn't have. Man, I'm yeah. telling you what. We were first in line too. We it was on a Wednesday night. I still remember it. Right after church, we ran over, got giant drinks. We waited in line, and we had a guy with us who brought a big boombox and blasted oh, episode man. one soundtrack for literally four straight hours. Oh, that's brutal. By the time I got in, it's like, please stop. Yeah. Um, great movie though. It was, yeah. it was so I will say that's a top three. I just top. don't. Yeah. You gotta give it top, top two. That's gotta be your second. Come on. That's a tough one. That's yeah, a tough yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, New Hope's really good, and maybe maybe number There's two. No way, it's better. better maybe number better. two. New Hope's better, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hey, comment. I was I gonna say, let us know what's not, the best Star Wars. Not everybody's gonna be Star Wars people here, but if you are, I know you have. That's one thing about Star Wars fans; they're so opinionated. If you say okay. seven, eight, or nine, we will call you out on the podcast. That's right. Next week, we will call you <laughs> out, and it will be violent. No, um, it, it's. I'll try to relax. Not great. I'll try they're to relax, great. but they're not great. I'm movies. not as passionate about his joke as hey, at least it's Star Wars eight is horrible. But Man, seven and nine, nine, are... nine might even be worse. Yeah, but yeah. either way, either way, yes, comment. Let us know what's the best Star Wars. May the fourth be with you. 
um, in two days at least. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you watching. Anything else? Nope. This has been episode 18 of the Gym Podcast. Join us next week for episode 19.